Welcome to the C3 Coffs Harbour podcast. Today's message is a recording from our online service. To join our online church community, visit c3ch.online.church and you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Enjoy the message. So today is Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, and uh, we are so thrilled that we can get together and celebrate uh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ and uh, what that means for us now today. Over the last couple of services, uh, we've looked at how Jesus has come to the earth, and, uh, and we looked at uh, last Sunday how, you know, over, over history we have seen how sin has permeated and damaged and destroyed humanity and it's become this infection that we all are born into this world with and Jesus came to bridge the gap between God and man through his sacrifice of atonement by paying the price of death on a cross so that we could be reconnected reunited with God the Father and that Jesus was the the Lamb of God that took away the world's sin. All throughout history and Jewish culture, the animals would be sacrificed, in particular the lamb, which had a rich cultural significance for the Jewish people. And so Jesus would come into Jewish culture and he would himself literally become the unblemished perfect lamb that would be slain to take away the sin of the world, of all humanity, anybody who finds faith in Jesus can have their sins forgiven and cleansed and be made right with God again. So Jesus came to this earth. We looked at last Sunday, just two days ago, uh, Good Friday, we looked at how Jesus was crucified. And and we looked at the story that uh, depicted the the series of events that happened that Leonardo da Vinci captures in his artwork, The Last Supper. Um, from that moment, uh, after the, they finished eating at that table that he depicted, they went on a walk and went up to a mountain and prayed together. And Peter denied Jesus and, and Judah, but Judas betrayed Jesus. And then Jesus was taken before the courts and sentenced to be crucified. And Pilate, who uh, found no wrong in Jesus, went, around, went by popular opinion and still sent him to, crucif- to be crucified anyway. And, and then we looked at the brutality of the cross, how the Roman Empire had really uh, nailed uh, crucifixion, excuse the pun, um, to a fine art form to really uh, draw out the uh, painful process of uh, you know, crucifying somebody. And it was horrific and barbaric. And, and we kind of looked at how it's important to understand the brutality of the cross to fully appreciate the beauty and the grandeur of the gospel, that Jesus himself was prepared to come down to earth and suffer in such horrific ways to demonstrate to you and to me how much he absolutely loves us and the length that he's prepared to go to 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 reconcile people and God together in relationship. And so today, as I said, is uh, Resurrection Sunday where we celebrate that Jesus resurrected from the dead. Um, And so first of all, what I want to do is read from Luke chapter 24, and this gives us an account of what happened at that moment when Jesus was resurrected. Luke 24 verse 1, but on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men... uh, stood by them in dazzling apparel. 
And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and all the rest of the people that were there. Hey, why don't we just pray in this moment? Father, we thank you for your word, which is a living uh, document that we can uh, uh, put our faith in and trust in that points us to your goodness and your kindness. We thank you that it is uh, a, a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. And Lord, together as we come to celebrate Easter Sunday, I pray that you would just give us a fresh appreciation of what Jesus went through, a fresh understanding of the grandeur of the gospel, the good news uh, of the hope that we have in Jesus. Lord, would you bless our time together today? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Jesus rose from the grave. He flexed his muscle over death. That's incredible. This should give us such a great sense of comfort, sense of strength and power and assurance that the God we serve, the God we know, the God that we are in relationship with has the ability to conquer death. Nobody else has ever, could ever, will ever be that powerful, have dominion over death. And if he has the power to conquer death, how much strength and power will he display in and through our life? And so when we read scriptures and we read teaching, when we read that Jesus uh, brings us these messages of hope and these messages of truth, and when Jesus demonstrates on earth for us how the kingdom of God operates, we can put our faith and trust in him and in what he teaches because he has ultimate power. If he can conquer death, then surely his power can lead us in life. So I think of passages like uh, uh, John 8.36, where Jesus says, He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Now that, that for us should be money in the bank. If Jesus says that he sets people free, then they should be free indeed. Because he himself has been freed from death and has power over death and was resurrected to brand new life. Therefore, we get an indication as to his resume of authority and experience to know that if he can do that, then surely if he says we're free, we are free. And it saddens me to think that so many of us who, who love God, who know God, choose to live a life less than free. We sort of forget that we are free in him. And I just want to remind us today that Jesus has power over death, which means he has so much power to demonstrate for us in our life. And I just want to remind us to put all of this stuff that we know into practice. One of the greatest disservices we could do is to render the gospel, render the Bible, render our faith to a level of mere philosophy or mere theory. I think we remove the power that it has if that's all it becomes 
the Christian faith was never meant to be a theory. It was never meant to be a theology to be argued about and to disagree on. It was meant to be a reality and a relationship for us to, to live in. We're meant to put legs on our faith and walk it out. It's not meant to be a mere intellectual exercise or amusings of the soul. It's meant to be actually walked out in real time, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of whether things are going great or things are terrible, uh, that our faith is meant to be a living relationship with God, not just an intellectual exercise or a, or a theory on a paper or even a, a worldview that we might align ourselves with. Um, Philippians chapter 4, and in verse 12, um, Paul says this. He says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. But I have learnt the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether I'm well-fed or whether I'm hungry, whether living in plenty or living in want. So whether you are on Centrelink payments or whether you're a CEO, Paul is saying either of those circumstances externally are irrelevant, that you and I can have contentment in our soul and in our life that, that, that makes the external environment around us Irrelevant to that. So what is Paul's secret of being content? I kind of think it's making it personal. It's making the truth of who Jesus is, what Jesus said, and what Jesus accomplished, making it personal for us. You see, Paul says to rejoice in Philippians 4. And again, he says rejoice. In fact, the dominant theme of the whole book of Philippians is to rejoice regardless of your circumstances. Joy is a pervasive theme throughout the whole book of Philippians. Um, and, and it's unlike other letters that Paul wrote because it, it doesn't heavily address theology. It doesn't heavily address conduct in church. The main themes around the book of Philippians are that of Christian living and, and lifestyle and, and ultimately through this lens of joy and rejoicing. And what is fascinating is when you look at the history of the book of Philippians is where was Paul when he wrote this letter? He, he wasn't at some club bed somewhere at the bar sipping pina coladas on his laptop going, life is bliss and it's sunset and the beach and it's perfect. And he's like, I'm going to write a letter to those folk at the Philippian church and just tell them how awesome life is and how great it is. And, oh, this is just the dream. No, 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 no. Paul was imprisoned. Paul was under house arrest in Rome because he was being persecuted for his faith. He was living in uh, circumstances that were far from extraordinary, far from lavish, far from exciting or, 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 or a holiday anyway. He, he was living in tough times, yet was able to, through all that, write a letter to encourage them about, hey, being in the Lord is awesome and this is fantastic and, and have so much hope and enthusiasm for life. So he really qualifies himself to speak about having joy Regardless of whether you're a CEO, regardless of whether you're on Centrelink, whether you're well-fed, whether you're hungry, whether you have much or have little, that you can find contentment irrelevant of the circumstances around us. See, human suffering is not a new thing. It's been impacting lives since the dawn of time. Uh, in the book of, Revelation, uh, book of Philippians, we see that Paul reveals the kingdom truth, this is the kingdom truth, that joy triumphs over tragedy when the believer lives their life with Christ at the centre. In other words, joy triumphs over tragedy 
When we take the gospel as a theory and we ram it into reality. When we live out what Jesus has accomplished on the cross for us. When we live out and make it personal what it says in the scriptures. So what we need to do is is take the theological and make it practical. Take the general and make it personal. So what I've done is I've got a few scriptures. And I want to read them in in a general theological sense. And then I want to read them in a more of a personal and practical sense. And, and, and I think once, once we get this concept of taking our, our Christian faith out of just being a theological exercise, out of just an understanding of God, into an outworking of practical and, and personal encounter with God, then it, it kind of changes the whole game of how we live our life. John 3.16, we've looked at this passage a few times over this, uh, these last few weeks, but it says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So that's reading the plain text through a theological general sense. Now I want to read that same passage through a personal and practical lens. For God so loved me, That he gave his one and only son, that if I believe in him, I shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn me, but to save me through him. See how that changes the game? It just changes the whole feel. It changes the whole application. It makes it so much more meaningful. And we can trust Jesus because he makes it personal. He took our sin personal by coming to earth as one of us and paying the price for us to get reconnected to God. It wasn't just a theory for him. It was a reality for him. Romans 3.23, general theological. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Or personal, practical. For I have sinned and I fall short of the glory of God. And I am justified freely by his grace through the redemption of Jesus Christ. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Or I could read it this way. But God demonstrates his own love for me that while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 6-8. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Uh, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. General theological sense of reading that passage. Now let's make it personal. Remember this. If I sow sparingly, I will also reap sparingly. If I sow generously, I will also reap generously. I should give what I have decided in my heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves it when I give cheerfully. And God is able to bless me abundantly so that in all things, at all times, I may have all that I need so that I can, do, uh, so that I can abound in every good work. Hebrews 12.28 Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Or, therefore, since I am receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, 
Let me be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and with awe. And my message today is pretty simple. Jesus makes it personal. So we ought to take the gospel personally. Let it not be just a theory. Let it not be just a theology. But let it be a a practical outworking of a personal encounter and relationship that we have with Jesus. Because he can be trusted. And we know he can be trusted because he is all-powerful. And we know he's all-powerful because today we celebrate the fact that he rose from the dead and was raised to brand new life and likewise paved a way for you and for me to be raised to new life ourselves. That we were once born into this world uh, dead to the things of God, alive to sin. And so now, because of our faith in Jesus, because we now believe in him, we can then experience, encounter, and receive, uh, not just in theory, but in reality, his grace, his kindness, his goodness, which allows us to be raised again to new life, out of the death and sin we were born into, to a brand new life with him. And so right now, I want us to take communion together. Um, And this is not a time to get all solemn and, and... reflective and serious this is a time for us to get celebratory to take the bread which is jesus body broken for us and take the juice which represents his blood shed for us and and together remember what he has what he has done what he has given us the 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 way he has paved for us and the life that we now not, not, not just get to understand but get to encounter and outwork that, that, that our, our faith in Jesus is not theory, but it's a reality. So let's take the bread this morning and we'll just partake this together and, and just have a, a heart of gratitude and a heart of thankfulness for what Jesus has done. And we take the juice, which resembles his blood that was shed for us, that he went through fully to the point of death, in obedience to God the Father, to be the lamb that would take away the sins of the world. Every sin ever committed before us, every sin we've ever done, and every sin ever committed in the future. Jesus paid the price for that sin by being the blameless, pure lamb of God. Let's drink together. Thank you, God. Maybe here today you've never personalised the Easter message. Maybe you've just seen it as a a great long, long weekend each year, a time just to have a bit of a break mid-year and catch your breath and relax and hang out with family and eat lots of chocolate. Maybe maybe the Easter Easter message in the Christian worldview has, has never gone beyond just a theory or an idea for you. And you've never personalized it. Today, I want to issue you a challenge. Would you dare to cross that line of faith and make the Easter message personal? Would you dare to put your trust in Jesus? Even though circumstances around us might not be ideal. That there is joy to be found. There is hope to be found. There is peace to be found in Jesus. That will keep us alive, keep us buoyant, keep us filled with hope. Irrespective of what goes around us. Because Paul, Paul discovered that secret, that it doesn't matter if we have little or it doesn't matter if we have a lot, that we can find true contentment. We can truly rejoice in this life when we find 
and follow Jesus. And we can trust him. Why can we trust him? Because he's flexed his muscle over death and proven more powerful than that. So then how much more powerful can he be in life as he leads us and guides us and gives us the promise that he be with us even to the end of the very age? In fact, one of the names of Jesus is Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. Then when we follow Jesus, we put our hope and trust in him. When he becomes from a theory to, to a reality, then we get that assurance that he is with us. And so today, if you've never made that, that, that connection of the message of Easter, the story of Easter, and the Christian faith, a personal thing, today I want to give you the opportunity to do that. I want to give you an opportunity to just to pray a prayer with us that, that would see you put your faith in him, that would see you encounter and receive this fresh, brand new life that we've been talking about during this message today. Uh, and it's something I did as a young man and am so grateful that I did because I, I now have a hope and a future in him. And my life is so much more secure and filled with joy than it ever has been because I've chosen to follow Jesus. So here's, here's how we do it. We don't just uh, believe a general worldview or a general theology of the Christian faith. We make it personal. And by saying a prayer that says, Jesus, I repent of my sins and I receive your grace, and your love. That's all it is. So why don't we just right now, in these closing moments, uh, just say this prayer together. Jesus, I repent of my sin, which has disconnected me from you. And today, I receive your grace and your peace, which you freely give to me. Lord, I want to know you more. I want to encounter you more. I want to have peace and truth in this life. I want to know what it is like Paul to, 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 to live a life that regardless of circumstance, regardless of external environments that we might find ourselves in, that we can have joy and we can have peace because we have contentment in you. Lord, I thank you that you made it personal by dying on the cross for us. And so we want to make this life uh, our decision and our response to the gospel personal for us. That would be far more than just a religious worldview, but a personal decision to chase after you and follow you each and every day. God, we love you. God, we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time or, or you made a recommitment prayer just to sort of realign yourself back with God again and, and get back on track with him, then just in the, in the bottom of your screen, just down here is a little button which you can click which says, I commit my life to Jesus. Hey, would you click that today? Would you engage with us? And you can fill out a prayer request uh, online and, and connect with us. We'd love just to um, chat with you, see how you're going, pray with you, and uh, we want to help you in your, your faith journey with Jesus. So, hey, God bless you guys. Resurrection Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your day with your friends and with your family. And as we close today's service, uh, why don't we enter into it one more time of worship together. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about our online services, visit c3ch.online.church and come say hi on Facebook and Instagram.